You're listening to the Dogaritaville Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Lily. We are two dog professionals with two different styles, two different backgrounds, and two common goals. To drink delicious margaritas and talk about dogs. Welcome to Dogaritaville. Welcome to episode 28 of the Dogaritaville podcast. Today we are drinking grapefruit-themed margaritas and talking about Caesar Milan, a.k.a. the Dog Whisperer. I like that you can't even say his name without so much sass. (laughs) So much sass. For every episode, we pick a theme for our margaritas and each do our own take on it. We post the recipes on our Instagram for you to try. Uh, We're always looking for new ideas, so let us know if you have any margarita themes or episode ideas. I wanted to start today with just kind of like an overall conversation about dog training TV, Mm -hmm. because it seems like since Caesar obviously started it, right? Like, wasn't he kind of the first famous trainer on TV? As far as I know, but like, I didn't. I'm sure sure there were others, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We need a fact check, like on armchair. Uh, I would um, really rather not have a fact check. That would probably be longer than our actual episodes. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do the fact check. Someone else, our intern one day. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> um, but I just thought it was important to kind of discuss the bigger picture in that obviously TV is not real. And even though like these are obviously real people and real dogs and real behavior modification, what you see is not what happened. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but I know so many dog owners watch these shows just desperate for help. And it's super misleading because they give this illusion that big behavior mod cases can be solved in a couple sessions or with the right energy or with the pack of dogs. And that's just not reality, right? Yeah. Like, that's not what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> and, and I think it's also super important to consider long-term success because I was actually kind of surprised Caesar's show, The Dog Whisperer, he has a lot of shows. It was hard to track yeah, he like, does. <laughs> which ones. But The Dog Whisperer, which I think is like the original show that he got famous from and has like 35 fucking seasons. Uh, <laughs> They do a shockingly good job of, like, giving updates. Like, that one of the episodes that I just watched was literally just an update episode of different dogs. And I just, I don't think people necessarily notice that a lot of the dogs do end up, like, getting rehomed or not being a good match for those owners or that they are still in training and, like, they've improved, but they're not fix like yeah that's um, I, just, I was noticing that about the ends of the episodes that i was watching i don't know if he did this in all his seasons but at the end of the episode it was like the family reporting back like you know they're all sitting on the couch like hi caesar thanks for coming and yeah, and like yeah. every single one of them says like we're not there yet but you know thanks <laughs> like that's like almost all of Which- the updates which is great. Like, that's the reality of it. Yeah. But it's almost like the people that watch the show, like, the average person that watches the show, like, doesn't, that doesn't sink into them, right. I feel like. I don't know. Yeah. I've just never had anybody describe the show that way, where it's like, oh, yeah, it's a lot of work. Like, they're always just like, oh, yeah, it's like real quick, and it's just bang, boom, fixed. Right. And I'm like, are you watching the updates? Because <laughs> that's not what's happening. And I think, too, like, the other big thing, because I'm... We all know how I feel about 
the dog training world and and everybody just attacking each other and all of that. I just think it's also important to state that it's super easy to shit on success, which super bothers me. Because whether you believe in dominance training and you spend all your time criticizing, like Victoria Stillwell, I feel like is probably the biggest force-free comparative. Yeah, but she's um, not. I mean, but but yes, she's not force-free. But yes, well, she's like the most maybe Karen Pryor. The most, I don't know. Like, whoever, positive TV person. Yeah, whoever the positive alternative to Caesar would be, because there's not a lot of dog trainers that are famous like Caesar's tra- famous, right? right? Yeah. So whether you're like that camp and criticizing whoever you pick to be the force-free famous person right, <laughs> all day or your force-free Felicia and want to send Caesar death threats, it's just ridiculous. You just like, wanted to say you, force-free Felicia so I really bad. did. <laughs> I really did. As I was writing it, I was like, yes. <laughs> did it. But, but it's just so fucking stupid. Like, even if you hate them, even if you don't agree with their methodology or you think they're the worst fucking dog trainer in the universe which i would argue that they can't be because they got that far right (laughs) (laughs) but like on some level we all want that level of success right so like personally i would rather die than have a tv show like there is no amount of money that you could offer me (laughs) that would get me to do anything even remotely close to that but we all i feel like have some sort of drive to be an authority in our field right Mm. like in some regard they're all different but like what you can't be very good at your job if you have no drive to like be the best that you can be (laughs) right yeah so i think it's really easy for us to sit here and be like caesar milan's a fucking idiot um (laughs) which we will do in segment three yes absolutely (laughs) and i'm not saying i'm not gonna do that but like I just, I also hate those people that are just like, oh, yeah, so-and-so doesn't know shit. And I'm like, well, they are a multi-bajillionaire <laughs> <laughs> with decades of training experience and have trained almost every famous person you know. Like, obviously, they're not completely useless <laughs> just because you don't like them, Uh so I just think that's super important because this episode was my idea. But then as we went into it, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this isn't. This is who I don't like. These these people that do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm really not a fan of any uh, TV personality who trains dogs, including Victoria Stilwell. I mean, I think that she would consider herself force free. I think that's what she calls herself. But like if you watch. like, I always thought so. But I watched like half an episode. Yeah. Like, if you watch any amount huh? of her show, you're like, okay, so you have no clue what's going on. Like just none. But no matter what the show is. Like, people are not going to be entertained by it unless it's entertaining. <laughs> and dog training, if it's done well, is, like, usually not entertaining. Like, it's not helpful to make the dog explode into reactions. And so you don't get that great, like, before and after, like, on TV. Uh, so that's my first issue. The second issue, like you said, is that it perpetuates this idea that hiring a dog trainer will solve your problems in, like, one day while you don't do any work. Like, you just sit and watch Caesar go at your dogs. And you're like, thanks, um fixed you know (laughs) like that's not realistic that's not doable our most important job as trainers is educating you as a dog owner and it's up to you to transform your dog's behavior and then lastly i don't think that tv shows are set up very well to put emphasis on relationship before behavior because you want to see that before and after of behavior so it's like 
we come in, how do we fix this behavior? And then you can enjoy your dog. But really like the way that Laura and I both train is like, you need to take care of your dog. And then we can start working on this behavior that's bothering you. That's in my opinion, like the right way to do it, but it just doesn't make very good TV. Although I will say, and this might be a good transition into the next segment. I do feel like Caesar does touch on that. Like that's the beginning of every episode, right? Is like, you guys need to have a better relationship and you need to be more consistent. And he explains it in a very dominant way. (laughs) Right. Well, and And he definitely does it more in a dominant way, but like the foundation of it is the same where it's like, Oh, you guys have a bad relationship. Sure. And you're not meeting its needs and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. His emphasis is really on, on exercise. And, and I think that he is really successful in that short span of time because he exhausts all the dogs. <laughs> and then, you know, an exhausted dog is, like, not really reacting a whole lot. Um, not that exercise is bad. And he did have some really good mental work ideas, I thought, which we'll get into. But, like, it, I, I don't think that he was really talking about, like, this is what's going on for your dog and we need to kind of repair that, what's happening. It, it was more just, like, we got to tire out your dog and then we'll get to work, you know? Yeah, I think from my perspective, it's hard to exercise your dog every day and not have that build a better bond and relationship. So yeah. to me, I just, I understand that like, obvi- and obviously you do too. I'm not saying you don't, but like, he's not giving them the entire history of why we're doing that. But like, to me, he's not stupid. He knows they're like, oh, if you do spend time exercising your dog every day, that is going to fix a lot of your issues with your relationship. Yeah. But yeah, he definitely does not explain it that way. Like the average person watching the show does not even register that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else on this segment before we move into uh, actually talking about Caesar? Uh, I don't think so. I don't really watch any dog TV. Uh, <laughs> so I want to. There's um, what was that one that came out like a couple years ago? It was like Dog Zen or something. Zen Dog. I have no idea. Something. But that one sounded cool. He sounded like he trained a little bit more like me. But I just, I I don't know how all these people, this is what I don't understand about all the fighting and like the training world is that like, I'm training dogs all day. And then I come home to my dogs that I have to work. Like, the last fucking thing I have time to do is worry about other fucking dog people or other fucking dogs. Like, <laughs> I do not have to- time to come home and watch this motherfucker's tv show and get upset about it i just don't like (laughs) the last fucking thing i want to watch when i get home is the thing i did all day but you had a great time getting mad about it all week this week (laughs) i did i did that's true you wish you had time to sit there and get mad about it (laughs) (laughs) that's true i did as homework i did quite enjoy it (laughs) But generally speaking, I will not watch any dog TV. So, yeah, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. I don't actually watch any of this shit. (laughs) But here we are. I don't watch a lot of dog TV either. And, like, every once in a while, this happens to me all the time with every kind of TV show, is that people think that I will like whatever they like, and I never do. But um, but this happens to me with dog shows, too. Like, oh, but this guy, you should watch this guy's show because he's actually, like, really good. And then I, like, watch, like, 30 <laughs> seconds of it and be like, I no, I, I can't. Like, I can't <laughs> do it. <laughs> and also, like, I mean... Maybe I'll cut this out of the episode. We'll see how uh, sassy I'm feeling when I'm editing. But, like, if the sentence <laughs> starts with he... He's probably not good. Like, that's, that's where I'm at. 
Oh, man. I forgot. When you sent it to me, I was going to quote you. But you said something this week. We were going back and forth a lot this week. Because <laughs> we were both... We've never... I mean, I don't know about Lily, but I've never really watched Caesar. So, uh, like I said, I don't watch dog TV. So, I had to, like, binge watch a bunch. So, I had something to say today. And <laughs> what did you say? You said something like... Why do we keep making men famous or something like that? That, that sounds like me. <laughs> oh man, it was so good. I'll look for the quote because it was is great. I just want to make an Instagram post on it. I was thinking about um, screenshotting that conversation and putting it in the treat pouch because yeah. uh, I read it out loud the, to Scott and he thought it was hysterical. <laughs> yeah, our this week's conversations have been above and beyond the norm. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Scott saw me like he he was watching it with me and he saw me like on my phone. He's like, "Are you texting Lara?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, like furiously <laughs> typing." And he was like, "Will you read it to me?" And so I like read him the whole conversation. And he was just like cracking up. It was hard. So we watched the, he has a new show. That's what kind of sparked this idea. We watched the first two episodes of the new show together. I mean, not together, but we were texting each other as we were watching it. But then we both watched different seasons of The Dog Whisperer. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, man. As I've been binge watching it, binge watching it over the last like day and a half, I just there are so many times I wanted to text you and be like, "Listen, this is what's happening, and can you believe it?" <laughs> yeah, we were like, "This this family." Oh, I remember I texted you once. I was like, "This family has a hundred pound dog who hopped over their three and a half foot fence. Can you believe?" And she'd be like, "This family <laughs> has this problem." And <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and wrap up this segment. So that's a little bit about uh, a little bit of a preamble into what we're going to be talking about today. We'll take a break here. And when we get back, we are going to talk about the good of Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. Margarita check. How did you make your grapefruit themed margarita this week? I don't even know that I need to give the recipe. Because this is the most fucking disgusting thing I've ever had in my life. It literally tastes like fucking rubbing alcohol. That's what this tastes like. Or maybe nail polish. You know the pink nail polish? Mm-hmm. This is what I imagine that tastes like. Okay. I As I took the first sip, because I, I knew I knew I wasn't going to like it. But I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, I can drink one of anything, right? No. Are you going to give us your recipe? I mean, if you make this, you're a fucking idiot, but uh, I just did a normal margarita, uh, two ounces of tequila, one ounce triple sec, one juice lime, and then I just did three ounces of grapefruit juice. I think I'm suspicious, although I will never test this again. Uh, I didn't have agave, so I'm wondering if that would have helped. I can't imagine anything would save this monstrosity, but... Um, but yeah, so I just did a normal margarita and then added three ounces of grapefruit juice and I did a little grapefruit garnish. It is a beautiful color. I will say that. Yours is. Yeah. Mine's clear. Yeah. Uh, is it? Mm-hmm. That's weird. I made it with grapefruit soda. So it's, it wasn't like grapefruit juice. You're just so creative. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I knew as I was like looking up recipes and they all said the exact same thing, which was basically a lime margarita with grapefruit juice. I was like, Lily's going to come up with some crazy bullshit. 
Well, so the reason I picked grapefruit for this week is uh, because I texted you from the store and said, like, I'm picking grapefruit because our oh. uh, our yappy hour person this week picked a Paloma as her cocktail and that has grapefruit soda in it. And I couldn't find any, like, boxes of grapefruit soda that had less than, like, 24 cans. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> I'm picking grapefruit so that I can use this soda more than once. <laughs> so That's hilarious. Your um, I don't think it's out yet. It'll probably be out by the time this airs. But the one uh, with Dylan, mm-hmm. I think, with the like butterbeer type thing, uh-huh. that sounded bomb as shit. I want to try that. Yeah, I thought I texted you because I was like, this is right up Lara's alley. So, how all did you make yours? Besides, what the fuck is grapefruit soda? Is that just like seltzer? That's grapefruit. Uh, you know the squirt soda. Oh yeah, I actually like that. That's grapefruit. Uh, yeah. Um, That's what I should have done, god damn it. (laughs) So I did one juice lime, one and a half ounces of tequila, and then I found grapefruit flavored Bacardi rum for $7, so I just bought it. Um, So I did one and a half ounces of grapefruit Bacardi, and then I topped that all off with grapefruit soda. And I did really like it, but I don't drink soda. (laughs) And so I drank a whole one of these before we started, and I got a really bad tummy ache. So I'm done. I'm done oh. drinking it now. <laughs> but you like it, or you you don't like it because the soda? Oh, I did like it. Um, it just it just kind of made my tummy hurt because I'm not used to drinking soda. So I just I can't drink it anymore. But I had a whole one before we started. So so Caesar. So for for an episode which has like such a controversial topic, and also one where We'll be giving a lot of criticism. It's important to bring some balance and also some disclaimers. So first of all, we need to say that everything within this episode is our opinion. So take everything in the dog industry with a grain of salt, including Caesar and including us. So take the Dog Readful podcast with a grain of salt. Second, while Lara and I are both pretty cynical people and will default to criticism in almost any given situation, (laughs) we wanted to come at this with a more rounded approach. So in the first segment, we're going to be talking about the good of Caesar Milan. And in the next segment, we will discuss the bad. I wanted to break it up this way because I felt like you having to say anything good about him was going to be a huge challenge. (laughs) And I noticed reading through the script that you really kind of didn't. Uh (laughs) What do you mean? I I think I did. (laughs) None of your good things are anything to do with dog training. He's a bad dog trainer. (laughs) I can be nice. As, As you're about to see. Kind of not really. Okay, I can be nice, but I'm not going to fucking lie. Like, if you want me to sit here and be like, he's good at dog training, I'm not going to do that. But I can be nice. You can't say a (laughs) single thing about dog training that he does correctly. I wrote some down, actually. Oh, did you? I I just saw the, like, immigration rescue thing and being like, yeah, I mean, he's a good person, I guess. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Okay, well, now that uh, now that this has already been shit all over before I even said it, uh, so I think I will just real quick, real quick. The script says Caesar has a lot of tenacity. I have read that so many times over the last couple of days, or like you wrote it what yesterday? I read yeah. it so many times in the last like day. Just, I can hear you saying it, like, this motherfucker and his audacity. <laughs> no, tenacity is good. Like, I le- I was legitimately trying to think of good, like, nice things to say. And I think that he is a tenacious human being. Like, that's an admirable that's, quality. It's, 
It just sounds so backhanded, but it's hilarious <laughs> to me. Okay, well, I think that you were expecting me to be doing backhanded things, so that's what you're reading into it. So Caesar has a lot of tenacity, which is an admirable quality, and some good goals. And I am just kind of like, um, what's the word? Like pessimistic about celebrities in general. Like, you know, when Russell Wilson goes to the children's hospital or something, I'm just like pretty pessimistic about like how much of that is PR, you know, and how much of it is yeah. like... Anyways, maybe that's not fair. But so anyway, who knows how much is PR, how much is really Caesar. But if we just take him at face value, he is tenacious and he has really good goals. I was reading about his history because I didn't really know any of that. And he immigrated from Mexico not knowing any English. And in order for him to become like a famous TV personality hosting all of his shows in English, I think is really incredible. And like tenacious, you know? And I also do think that he wants to help people. He wants to help dogs. He has a foundation that supports rescues for like abandoned animals and stuff. And so if we can take him at face value, I think that he is a good person. Again, I don't know, but like he seems like a good person, I guess. Yeah. So I think Caesar knows a lot about dog body language uh, and could probably read a dog better than most trainers could ever dream of, honestly. Uh, I mean, he's been doing this for decades, so even if you don't agree with his methodology, I would argue that at the very least he could do that. And as I was watching, I was pretty surprised at, like, the subtle cues that he picked up on, even though, like, and obviously not all of them are correct. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Like, sometimes he's like, oh, did you see that? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what, dude? But a lot of the times, like, he'll be holding a conversation with the camera or the owner and then be like, hold on. And like, be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh shit, you're doing a lot of things at once here. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I mean, obviously there's some that's like bullshit, blah, 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 but you can't be a dog trainer for, I don't know. I don't know how long he's been doing it, but it's at least 25 years. I mean, so if nothing else, he's pretty fucking good at reading dogs. (laughs) So not to say it's always accurate. But right. So I would I would disagree there. But like after hearing you talk about it, it might be more semantic that I'm disagreeing on because I do agree that he knows what's about to happen. Like he knows what the dog's about to do based on like what, you know, the body language they're giving off or whatever. But almost always like he misinterprets fear as something else. So like the dog is being fearful and he's like, oh, look, he's submitting or um, your dog is aggressive. But like it's just like fucking afraid. So that same emotion, fear, expressed in different ways, and he doesn't ever get it right, ever. So I think that, like, (laughs) what I wrote here for my bullet point about the good things is that his timing is impeccable, and you really can't be as effective as he is in his screen time without having that good timing, because no matter what methods you use, whether you're doing rewards or punishment, if your timing isn't right, you're going to be shit out of luck. You're not going to get anywhere. And I wanted to give a couple examples. So I work with a lot of puppies and a lot of their owners will try to punish the puppies for biting them. And their timing isn't right with the punishment. And then it pisses the puppy off and they bite more. So you didn't punish the biting. It got worse. And then on the flip side, there are tons and tons of people who reward at the wrong moment and accidentally reinforce the wrong behavior. So timing is more critical than almost anything else. And I think that Caesar does that extremely well because, again, he knows what what the dog's about to do. Like, he can see their body language and know what's coming next. Yeah, so, I mean, I think what you're describing as timing, I'm describing more as body language, so... Because you can't really... I mean, you you can't know what's coming next unless you're reading the dog, right? Yeah, but, like, the it's... 
misinterpreted body language though is what i'm saying like yeah so i mean i agree as far as like the fear as submission because absolutely the fear is aggression i didn't really see so i only saw one episode where he said that it was with two little boston terriers and the family was saying like we feel so bad because this dog is so clearly afraid and caesar like interrupted them and was like he's not afraid he's aggressive but like they were right the dog was afraid but he was like no your dog's aggressive (laughs) yeah i guess we're kind of both right in a weird way (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't, does. I don't think that you're wrong. I think that we're, you know, we're rounding out the topic by both giving our yeah. perspective on it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, to to Lily's credit, he does do that shit a lot where it's like, no, bro, that is, that's not what's happening. But absolutely, like, he knows what the dog's going to do next based on what they're doing also. So it's like one of those things where it's like. I don't know why you're explaining it that way, because that doesn't sound real, but (laughs) okay. I was kind of surprised. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not one of those people that's like, fuck Caesar, he should be banned. Um, But I also think he's an idiot. (laughs) So I was pretty shocked that we agree on a lot more than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) as far as the foundation of you know the dog's needs being met and having proper leadership and boundaries and stuff like that i loved the exercise both physical and mental came first for just about every single case he did remind me a lot of my roots because that was how he trains minus the dominance theory was very much how i was trained as far as like it's all about state of mind and blah 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 And so it just kind of reminded me of, like, how I was trained originally and how far I've gone away from that. Mm. (laughs) Just because I have so much PTSD from, like, aggressive dogs and behavior use and dog fights and all that stuff. That now I just operate so conservatively that there's really no room for error. Because, I mean, there were, I was watching some episodes and I'm like, bro, why are you not muzzling these fucking dogs? (laughs) Yes. What are you doing? I laughed so hard in his new show in the title sequence, like before the show starts. Um, there's this clip of this girl going, I just don't want you to get bit. And he goes, do you know who I am? And I was like, at least you know. At least you know you're going to get fucking bit. Like, <laughs> I don't think he meant it that way. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so he does get bit all the time and it is ridiculous. And that does say a lot. But also, it kind of just reminded me that, like, being bit is not the worst thing in the world, right? Like, (laughs) nobody's going to die, presumably. Because I'm super, like, if there's even a thought in my head that they might bite, we muzzle train. Mm. Which I don't, I mean, isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But, like, also, I feel like that changes a lot as far as, like, the dog's actions and the dog's feeling. Because now they have a fucking muzzle on, right? So even if we muzzle train and do it well, like either one, we're adding, you know, three months to our time (laughs) because it takes a long fucking time to really muzzle train or we're just unintentionally changing their feelings and behavior because of the muzzle. Sure. But you don't want to like like, give a dog a bite history either, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's why I have gotten so conservative. But also, too, like, I just think back to when I first started, we would work with aggressive dogs and we would work with muzzles, but like. We would always give them a chance first and, like, try to keep them under threshold and, like, just really tire them out and do all that stuff. And and then once they're kind of satiated, really work on their triggers and 
just do it in a way that they never hit that threshold of fighting rather than slapping a muzzle on them and then building up to the threshold. Like, I don't know. It just reminded me a lot of like working with Danny back in the day and like, I guess not being so conservative. That's not really what I mean, but like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like mm-hmm. I, I used to be a lot more just all natural uh, d- tools don't matter. Like just walk your fucking dog and let's see, like, let's, go from there right well, i think it's really easy to get tunnel vision when you learn something new and so i'm sure just at some point you're like muzzles are really important and so then it's just easy to yeah. get fixated on that so it's helpful yeah. to like be reminded that like maybe it's not always super necessary you know well and i think too just being in the dog world for longer and longer like you just get these things like oh yeah obedience can fix a lot so then you get stuck on obedience for a long time yeah <laughs> so it's like like most of my job right now is obedience for the most part. And it's like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> this is not how I used to train it. That all. sounds so boring for you. <laughs> oh, my God. It really is. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it was nice to have that reminder of, like, go back to let them being dogs. Mm, like, yeah. <laughs> which easier said than done. But <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I'm I'm sucked in now. I'm like I just finished season four, and I'm I'm gonna watch the rest of the seasons. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it is entertaining. Like yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't hate my time watching it. I just got angry. But like sometimes I like being angry. So you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how it is. So the next bullet point that I had was about Caesar's calm assertive energy, which is what he's most well known for. And don't get me wrong, I do also have this in segment three, which is the bad segment. But but I think that there is a really good aspect of this as well, because dogs are social learners. And so if we freak out and have a lot of anxiety, there's no reason for them to not freak out and have a lot of anxiety. So while calm assertive energy is not exactly the solution to as many problems as Caesar thinks it is, it is definitely necessary. Like you have to be calm and confident when you work with your dog or you're not going to get anywhere, especially if you have like a fearful or reactive dog. All I know is that after one season, if I hear fucking calm assertive (laughs) or calm submissive one more time, I'm going to blow my brains out. Every time he says it, I'm like, ugh! Um, Not because I, like, I mean, I do, it's stupid, but, like, not because I'm morally opposed to it for any reason, but just because I'm tired of fucking hearing it every five seconds from binge-watching. Like, literally, every two seconds. Calm, submissive. Dominant aggression. Like, (laughs) oh, my God, bro. Is that the only way you know how to describe things? Yeah, the energy aspect was tough for me, but since... The segment is on good things. I'll just say that. <laughs> the, the second we start talking about like calm assertive energy and blah, 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 I'd have so much to say and not most of it is good. But because we're in the good segment, I'll say that I do believe 100% that energy and intention is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, the mental aspects of humans is often very overlooked if talked about at all and is essential, especially in behavior modification believing that you can do it, believing that your dog can do it is invaluable. The relationship aspect of having trust and clear communication is a huge priority, if not the number one priority. And by that, I mean, it's the number one priority. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I mean, the energy, again, binge watching a full season, that's literally like the only thing that he harps on. It's not that important. Like, it's not what's going to solve the problem. Right. (laughs) Like he makes it sound like, but it is extremely important. 
But yeah, I was super surprised to see that there was almost no mention or focus on tools. And I think just because I've never watched him and I didn't know, I just assumed because everybody is so obsessed with tools and everybody hates him so much. I just assumed that was part of why he was considered the devil. I don't know. The fact that, I mean, his clients usually come in prongs because if you're going to pay to work with him, you've probably tried everything else. (laughs) I can't imagine how much he costs. Right. Most of his clients come in prongs, but I don't think I saw him keep a dog in a prong maybe once. No, he didn't actually. He did for a second, and then he switched him out of it. And again, yeah, I haven't seen does everything. Slip leads, I think. Yeah. The one time that I saw a Tool in the show was when it was um oh it was this episode where the uh, Anne Hathaway's love interest from The Princess Diaries was the guy, you know that the musician who like puts the M and M's on the pizza. Oh, the guy that um it's not Jason Schwartzman, but he's like friends with Jason Schwartzman or something. He's from that uh, band like yeah. Rooney or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was the person with the dog. And then they ended up determining he wasn't a good fit for the dog. So the dog went to this, like, partner of Caesar's. Like, it, I don't think she works for him, but, like, they work together sometimes. Yeah. Um, and she put an e-collar on the dog. That's the only tool I saw on the show. Yeah, I saw him use a lot of halties, but otherwise, halties or slip leads, I think, was all I've seen so far. But, yeah, I was shocked. I thought for sure he used tools. How do you believe in dominance theory and not use tools? I'm so confused. <laughs> Why would you need tools when you could like punch your dog in the ribs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. He's a naturalist. Right. <laughs> like the only reason that people use tools is because they don't want to kick their dog in public. You know, Caesar's not afraid to do it. <laughs> that was a joke for legal reasons. This, the- <laughs> <laughs> this is the good segment. Stop. Stop it. Okay, (laughs) but i'm glad i watched the new episodes first because really other than a nicer facility nothing like his methodology hasn't changed with that alone is like a red flag to me yeah because like how do you not grow and change but so yeah i mean i don't mind him i mean dominance theory is dumb i really don't mind him i think he is entertaining to watch i think you can learn from him if you know what to pick and choose from which most people don't I think it is dangerous to have a show like that to common people. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I tell you right now, if I tried to alpha roll some of my dogs, I'd get my ass mauled. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're in the good segment right now, Laura. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that was the point. Uh, was that I do like him. I think he's entertaining. And if nothing else, like, what a fucking businessman. Right. You're just some kid that immigrated from Mexico and you are arguably the most famous dog trainer in the world. Yeah. If someone says dog training, they think Caesar. I mean, like has has less than 100% of your clients said something to you about like, oh, you're like the dog whisperer, you know, yeah. <laughs> like every yep. single client. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I don't love him. I don't hate him. Okay, I'm going to move us out of this segment because I'm tired of saying nice things about him. So <laughs> so there's some information about the good of Caesar Milan. As much as Lara wants to say I didn't say anything good, I said a lot of good things. And we'll take a break here. When we get back, we will talk about the bad of Caesar Milan. Margarita check. House... <laughs> Laura looks so defeated. She just like dropped her head down. 
I was I was looking at it in disdain. <laughs> so how's it going? I'm drinking water. Uh, <laughs> it's it literally is undrinkable. It's so fucking bad. And of course, I'm done drinking mine because it gave me a tummy ache. I'm also just drinking water. So this is a really boring margarita check. <laughs> Lily sucks at picking margaritas. She's a, and, I am uh, getting shit all over <laughs> today. <laughs> I'm nothing if not antagonistic. True. Okay, so uh, let's jump into what everybody's here for, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> the bad. So I'll I'll just start with the calm assertive energy because that's where I left off. And also I know it bothers you to hear it. You gotta stop saying it. Calm assertive energy, calm assertive energy. So <laughs> I think it's really convenient for Caesar to talk about how energy is so impactful because it's almost impossible to explain what that means. And so it's almost impossible to prove anything about it. So it allows him to blame everything on like the owner's energy and not the fact that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Um, but if you watch carefully, you can avoid being bamboozled because he does things like there was this one episode. It was that same the Boston Terrier episode. He threw this dog reactive Boston Terrier into his van with all of his dogs. And he was like, I'm calm and I have no fear that will transfer through the leash to him. And then the Boston Terrier freaked the fuck out and Caesar like strangled the shit out of it with the slip lead until the Boston was like, okay, dude, I give up. Sorry. And Caesar was like, did you see that energy? And I just like, I just was dying laughing. I'm like, your calm assertive energy had nothing to do with what just happened. (laughs) But isn't that like the whole point of dominance theory is like. I basically fucked with him until he gave up. Yeah, but like, but he's saying it's because he had no fear. But it's it's not because he had no fear. It's because he was like choking the dog. But he was pretending yeah. like we walked into the van with calm, assertive energy, and so now the dog is not fearful. <laughs> but it that's not what what worked. What worked was strangling the shit out of the dog. <laughs> like that's gonna work every time. Like if you want a really quick fix. Um, so watching the new show. I forget what it's called, like Better Human, Better Dog. Yeah, I think that's right. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And I I checked his Instagram a little bit ago, just randomly. I like to check in on things. Uh, <laughs> what is with all the fucking farm animals? <laughs> like, even on his Instagram, there was, I, I mean, I, I don't remember why I looked at it. It was a few months ago, but I randomly, like, he was promoted in something, and so I just glanced at his Instagram and he's, like, doing a pack walk with, like, his pit bulls and some little dogs and a llama and a donkey and macaws on his shoulder. And I'm like, what is the purpose of this? <laughs> like, <laughs> you look like such a douche right now. <laughs> like, not that that has anything to do with dog training. It just. No, I really, it. I can't. Well, it did because in the show we were watching, he was, like, testing to see how aggressive the dogs were by, like, taking him into where the farm animals were. Yeah. Which I was like, oh. how, what is this? What does this prove? <laughs> and in the next episode, the Kelpie wouldn't randomly herd sheep that it's never right. seen before. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> like, about that. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So you're not aggressive because you can stand next to a llama. 
but you're severely confused because you don't instinctively herd sheep as a city dog. That was hysterical to me. Like, what are are you talking about? He was like, she was born to do this. She was born to herd sheep, and she's not. She doesn't even look like a fucking, like, she looks like a Kelpie, but she's certainly not a bred fucking Kelpie. Oh, yeah, it's definitely not, like, a well-bred dog. (laughs) Did he really expect her to go in there and just herd sheep? That was the most. Right. Like, as if, like, like every shepherd with a working dog just, like, it, the, the puppy just pops out and he's like, all right, go to work. <laughs> I just, it's very strange to me. I think the strangest thing for me watching this is there are a ton of trainers that use aversives, obviously. Most trainers nowadays, I feel like, are, are using prongs and shocks. But not very many trainers these days still believe or do dominance theory right like yeah because the aversive trainers don't even believe that because they know it's shit right i mean there's very few like i've run across very few people no yeah Yeah. i'm sure they exist but like i can't think of a single one that i've seen right so to see full-out dominance theory on national television is just fucking wild (laughs) like yeah it completely blows my mind it's been debunked for, not centuries, decades. decades yeah. I just, I, I'm so confused by this. Like, you, can, you there's no way that you can say it's not dominance theory. It's 100% dominance theory. And he says it. I mean, he talks about being alpha and pack leader and whatever all the time. That's his whole jam. But, like, to be fair, that's where he got successful. That's his brand, so, like, I'm not altogether shocked that he hasn't changed anything that he's done. Because, like, why would you? You know? You're so successful doing well, this. Well, and it's very, like... But, like, the fact that national TV can just put this thing out that has been completely debunked. Like, that's right. fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Like, the whole premise of what he's doing is wrong. But that's fine. We'll put him on national TV and pay him millions of dollars. Like... What, dude? How is there no... Why can't I think of the fucking word? Like vetting or... Yeah, there's just no standard for media. Like, I don't know. It's very strange to me. I I mean, it just kind of reminds me of like paparazzi, right? Where they can print whatever the fuck, even if there's zero truth. Right. Uh, Well, and like, so I don't know what your brother's experience was if he was on that show. But like, what I've heard about home improvement shows is that like, that's all very staged as well. You know, like... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's mostly fake. So, like, right? really, all that... I mean, the house really does get done, but... <laughs> all that the uh, the producers care about is, like, making money on it. And, like, he's making money doing this shit. Like, there's just no reason. There's no reason for him to change what he's doing. I think it would be really embarrassing for him, honestly. So, like, he... I mean, if I was him, I yeah, would probably like, die on that hill, too. <laughs> which, like, I get... And obviously it works for him or he wouldn't be a bajillionaire. But like, even if you were still going to stick to that, how have you not changed in 25 years? Right. I mean, his episodes from season four don't look much different than the episodes uh, of the new show. Right. Like his training as part of it is the same. It's just in a different facility. Like, Well, and the other issue with that is like, not only does he have these shows, but he has, like, he's written a book, you know, Caesar's Way. And so if he started oh, to... I forgot about the books. Those were original, weren't they? Yeah. Like, didn't that come out 
originally when the first show first started oh, or he got the show because of the books or something that i don't know i think the books came after the show um but i'm not sure because uh, i'm pretty sure that he got the show by being a celebrity trainer and then the books followed is what i think um but like once you have it in print that like this is your branding and this is how you train like you really can't yeah but what profession do you not grow or change at all in 25 years <laughs> like yeah, no, I totally agree. Even as, like, an electrician, like, standards get upgraded, like, stuff like, like, stuff still changes. I totally agree. It's but, like, his job is, bananas. like, less dog training and more TV personality. And in that case, like, you, you're you yeah, doing what, what makes you successful, you know? So my next little bullet point is about uh, the first episode of the new show, Better Human, Better Dog. The <laughs> There's this family who has uh, three dogs, a pack, a pack, if you will, a pack of three dogs. And one of them is this big silver gray pit bull. And so kind of easy to blame everything on the big the big pit bull. And what's what was so funny to me about that, and I wonder if you if you felt the same way, Lara, but like when when they introduced the big gray pit bull, it just seemed to me like a really easy way for him to get his in. Like, oh, this is your problem. Like this dog who looks like a problem because he's like, look at this. This is not okay. This is so aggressive. And the dog is like just looking around like, oh, what's going on? Like he he just looked like the dopiest fucking dog, like just kind of like looking around like, oh, this is interesting. And Caesar was like this is really bad he's like pointing at the dog like this is really really bad and so i thought that was hysterical but then also like uh the dog was reactive and like you know attacked the llama at some point and at the end of the episode they had this dog in a service dog vest being a service dog for his owner and the big issue that i had with that was that they didn't say anything about the fact that like, okay, yeah, your dog can perform this task at home. Like the task was if the guy fell down and had a seizure, the dog would go alert the the partner, the spouse. And like, great, your dog can do that at home. But they put like a service dog vest on him. And so then that just feeds into the problem of everyone already thinks that a service dog is just super fucking arbitrary. And so now you have this dog who like, shouldn't have public access because he's reactive as fuck. Just like, I can do this one task so I'm a service dog now. That whole thing was just like so laughable. Well, and they didn't really solve, they didn't solve, that's what I thought was so weird about that episode is that like, they didn't even work on his reactivity. Like, they started exercising him more, which will naturally decrease his reactivity, and they taught him to search for his mom. But like, the whole reason they were there is because he barks like crazy when people come to the house. And he's reactive on walks, and they didn't do any of that. Yeah, and well, and he, uh, when the paramedics came to the house to help the guy, like he was being confrontational with the paramedics, and so they didn't work on stranger danger either, I don't think. Yeah, that's what was confusing to me about that episode is that they didn't address the actual problem. They just said that he was too intense, and they, they made him more stable overall. And I'm like, wait, what? That's not, what? (laughs) Okay, cool. Uh, Okay. All right. Uh, But yeah, I thought it was more, the whole thing was very over-dramatized of like, oh, he's so hyper. Oh, he's so hyper. Oh, he's so, he's so aggressive. He's so aggressive. Uh, And I'm like, oh, I mean, he is a hyper dog and he is fixating, but that I mean it's not (laughs) which that's not the end-all be-all of the behavior so which while we're talking about over dramatized I forgot to write down what was probably my favorite moment from anything that I watched which was from that same episode the couple with the Yorkie 
when um, oh, God. the boyfriend was like, yeah, he's really sweet until he's not. And then they did this like black and white slow-mo of the, of the Yorkie, like, rough, rough. It was the funniest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen. I had to pause the show because I was laughing so hard. So that was the one, like the other one didn't really bother me that much. Like, you're an idiot. You're not really solving what they came here to solve. You made this random dog a service dog, whatever. But the Yorkie was the one that I was like, this is fucking negligent. Yeah. Like, you're just getting bit and getting people bit fucking repeatedly. Yeah. Like, that was literally their homework was like, do what he doesn't like and then stay there until he stops biting you. Yep. I'm like, how is there fucking homework to get bit? Right. Are are you kidding? (laughs) You can't do that. You can't do that to people. And there was like what? There was one part where they where they were with Caesar and he had the girl hold the Yorkie like up by her face and then he went in with his hand to pet the dog. And I was like, if this was a fucking German shepherd, would this be your advice? Like you're taking advantage of the fact that this dog is six pounds, you know? No, it would be the same advice because these other one of the episodes I just watched was food aggression, and so he like holds the bowl and makes him come eat, and then when he flips out, just cracks him, and it was like a, what was it? Is it a lap? It was a big ass lap. So like no, he's he will get bit and encourages people to get bit by all sizes of dogs. Like my goodness, what? There was this one dog. It was some sort of large breed dog. But it, like, fucked up this lady's legs. Like, bit multiple times on both legs. Oh, my God. Over the food bowl. And he did change, like, the way they fed so that it lessened that reaction. But, like, man, you're putting a lot of fucking faith on these people not getting fucked up. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit in one of the last episodes where I was like, no, you don't just feed him in the kennel and avoid it. Like, you do have to work on it. But, like... This is not how he's working on No, no, no. He's, like, he's putting people in fucking crazy dangerous situations. Right. Like, I know everyone's like, oh, it's a Yorkie. It's six pounds. Like, how bad can it be? As someone that has a fucking six pound chihuahua that has bitten me twice, it's, they can still fucking do some damage, man. Yeah. My thumb is currently all fucked up from my chihuahua. Like. There was um, a lady on TikTok recently who had her eyelid ripped off by her small dog. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, no, I feel like he's that negligent with all dogs. He's maybe a little bit less negligent with big dogs, but still, like, he just... I want to see the liability waivers these people have to sign. Right? <laughs> I want to see how many lawsuits he has has had. Like, there's no way. Because he, that's, I mean, that's dominance theory, right? Is put them in that situation and hold your ground. Yeah. And if they bite you, just hold your ground. And it's like, so that they learn that biting doesn't work. Right. And I'm like, so how many times do you have to get bit before they get the message? Right. I mean, I have like nerves and shit that I can't really. Like, like afford to lose. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really afford to not feel the nerves in my hands. It's a thing. I'm not very sensitive to, like, being harsh to dogs. And by I'm not very, I mean I'm not at all. I think people baby the fuck out of their dogs 98% of the time. Uh, That's part of my vendetta with Force Free is that they treat dogs like fucking babies. Uh, And I fully believe in, like, 
you have to kind of put them under some stress for them to grow and stuff like like so i'm not sensitive at all other than like boppers and really egregious things <laughs> is it boppers bumpers bonkers. i always forget what it is now bonkers that's what it is um, but i like calling them boppers it feels like disrespectful so <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a fucking made-up thing anyways so who cares so i mean it's not that i think that like the alpha rolls or the poking or the kicking them is hurting them. I don't think that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't feel good, but like, I'm not like, oh, you're hurting him. Stop. Like, that's not my my point. And it does. I don't know how, but a lot of the times they do an amazing job of making that stuff come out, come across like it's not outrageous on TV. Because he like, calls it a touch. Can't. He's like, I touched the dog when he, like, hit it. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he's still hitting the dog and the dog is still cowering. And for some reason, like, it just doesn't look that bad. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. But I just keep thinking back to, like, before I understood or I knew anything. And when I hired my first trainer for Charlie. And I'm pretty sure I would lose my fucking mind. If someone walked into my house and did any of that shit to Charlie or any one of my dogs. Yeah. Like even knowing nothing, not having any preconceived notions, not being sensitive. I can't imagine. And I don't know if maybe it's because all these people know who he is and he's famous and he's watched. They've watched the show so they know that it's coming. But I cannot imagine walking into a client's house and doing that and not having them fucking nail me. Like, Right. <laughs> Again, not anything with, like, the premise of it being the dominance theory being wrong and false and all of that. But just, like, the physical act of touching your dog in that way. How does no one fight against that? I mean, obviously, the entire force-free world does. But, like, as an owner, not knowing anything, not knowing that there is a force-free world or whatever. Like, how? Because one episode in particular... It was this unneutered little minpin that attacks anybody that comes into the house and can't be walked and blah, blah, blah. And he went to alpha roll it. And of course, it fought the fought him like crazy. And so he ended up having to like pin it by the fucking neck because he's just struggling and trying to bite him and freaking the fuck out. And it looked like that was the only episode I've seen so far where I'm like, OK, that looks violent. Yeah. Whereas... The other stuff generally does. He does a ton of alpha rolls and they actually look kind of gentle for all for like to give him the benefit of the doubt because uh, he's not like flipping the dog. He just like pressures it down. But like this dog fought him like hell and he literally had to pin it down by the neck and like put weight on it. <laughs> but like that that episode looked violent, like to the point where I was like, that makes me uncomfortable and I'm not sensitive to this. <laughs> And if you did that, even, t I mean, and obviously it was a little dog, so maybe it was a little bit more dramatic. But, like, if you ever thought to touch one of my dogs that way, I would fucking kill you. <laughs> like, I cannot fathom these people that don't know any better just being like, oh, yeah, that's normal. And especially, like, even the episode that I just watched, like, he does his little jab at a golden retriever and it immediately stops but it stops because it's like cowering and terrified right and it's like that's what i think I, I don't think that sensitive is the right word but like that's what upsets me i think is like not the act of seeing caesar touch them in that way but like the fact that all the dogs look at him like terrified i don't know how you can like 
make a dog look at you that way and and be okay. I I would be like so sad if a dog looked at me like that, like in terror, you know? I mean, I feel like I just, I think of it as sensitivity because my dogs pout all the time. I mean, it's different. Don't get me wrong. That dog's not pouting. Right. He's genuinely terrified. Yeah. But like when I get upset or I like uphold a boundary that they don't like, like my dogs definitely do like the puppy dog face and stuff. And it is different, but like that shit does not phase me. Yeah. I don't feel bad for you. Get over it. Like... <laughs> I didn't ask your opinion on whether or not you like that. <laughs> yeah. But the, I mean, so that I is totally different. That's totally different. Yeah. You know, because yeah. like that's a really important thing for me in my house with my dogs is like boundaries um, because I have three dogs and I have puppies in here all the time. We can't we can't not have boundaries here. Um, yeah. But like it's different when they're just looking at you like mom and like literally cowering away from you. Like those are different things, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I guess just cause I mean, I correct my dogs all the time, whether it be verbally or uh, in play groups. Sometimes I'll use a spray bottle, stuff like that. And like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes they do get scared, but it's not like that. Like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I would bet all of my money that you have never made a dog look at you like that. Like, all of my money, you know? Like, no matter what corrections you're doing in your house, like, none of your dogs are afraid of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the next bullet point that I wrote down was the bricks. <laughs> I could not get over the fucking bricks. I Like, so... Uh, for the listeners who haven't watched the show, which I don't know that I necessarily recommend that you do, although I was very entertained. But um, but there was this dog who was just obsessed with bricks and Caesar could not it's the, figure it out. The Kelpie. It, yeah. It's the second episode of the new series. Yeah. Better Human, Better Dog. Yeah. Just FYI. In case you want to check it out. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to wade through like the five million seasons of Dog Whisper. It's, it's the Go new Go check show. out the bricks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this dog is like obsessed with bricks. And so Caesar takes it back to, you know, the dog psychology center and can't replicate the behavior. He's like, I don't understand. And like the and he, the lady was like, I've stumped him. I stumped Caesar. He's never seen anyone like like us before. And like <laughs> Caesar could not figure it out. He's like, why doesn't this dog care if I have a brick? But he does care if this lady has a brick. And like, I think that anybody, I could send my husband into that training session and he'd be like, I know exactly what to do here. Like, it's obvious that this lady, like, if you go back to our episode, um, our Yappy Hour talking with Brett Bailey, he touches on this, where, like, when dogs fight with the leash, it's because it's the only time their owner commits to a game. Like, we're not meaning to play a game, but, like, it's the only time we're committing. Like, get that fucking leash out of your mouth. And they're like, oh, we're playing. And that's exactly what was happening. It's the only time this lady plays with her dog is when she's trying to keep bricks away from it. And Caesar, <laughs> like, took the dog swimming and took the, ro- the dog roller skating. So, like, why would we need to play with a brick? I went roller skating today. Like, I don't need the brick. We're good. But, like, Caesar had this lady standing with, like, a foot, each foot on a brick, just going, it was the most hysterical thing. And he was befuddled. He did not know why this was not working. And that was just so fucking funny to me. <laughs> yeah, the brick thing, I just... But it, it kind of reminded me of the Yorkie thing, where it's like, how does putting the dog down when it's attacking anyone in your arms not get brought up? <laughs> like, right. This this legitimately is not a conversation that we're having, really? Um, or just like really? leaving the fucking dog alone. Like 
everyone's just Either putting fingers things. in his face all day and he's like i hate yeah. this <laughs> it was just mind-blowing to me it, oh the solution is clearly to keep your hand there and let him keep biting you until he realizes it doesn't work right how 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 is that the solution here right put the fucking dog down <laughs> what oh my goodness well, and it's like the ep- one of the episodes I just watched. I'm, I mean, I'm dedicated, man. I'm in deep now. I'm a full season in. I'm going to keep watching it. Uh, I can't be stopped. This fucking bitch. This episode pissed me off so much. This fucking bitch of a lady has three dogs that aren't allowed in the house. They're all. And it's not like she lives in the country. They just live in her fucking backyard. And her lab mix, one of the dogs started with there was a storm and she destroyed the door trying to get in the house Mm. because nobody was home and then since then now she just won't stop so she's ruined the door again she broke out a metal grate to the to get into the garage the fucking dog wants to be inside (laughs) do you do you uh, just go ahead and guess what the solution was i i don't (laughs) know what caesar would do on this one yeah because like if nobody's home Who's who's there to go? You know, <laughs> there was there was surprisingly minimal to no ching in this one. So he installed an electric dog door. Oh, there it is. Okay, that she had the chip to so that she could go inside and the other two couldn't. Wait, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Yep, yep. <laughs> real life, real life. It happened. I think Stop it's uh, it. season four. I don't know, episode 13 Fucking or something. Fucking stop that look. right now. I could not believe it. Oh, just let her inside. <laughs> not the other two, though. Nope. I wasn't expecting that in a million years. I literally stared at my TV with my jaw open. <laughs> <laughs> I could not. I'm like, I wonder if we're going to do an update where the other dogs break the dog door. Because... <laughs> That's some fucking bullshit. When you said electric dog door, I thought you meant like an electric fence. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there we go. No, they tried the uh, electric fence. It didn't work. I never would have expected him to be like, just give the dog what it wants. He, that has never occurred to him before. Not only that. In any situation. But to have. <laughs> also, yes. Uh, I agree with that part of it. But also, I was not expecting him to say, oh, this dog can have hierarchy and get special privileges that the other two don't. Oh, that's right. This dog is like alpha now. Alpha of the pack. I just can't believe it. Also, like, how is the solution not to put a dog door into the garage that they can all go in the garage? I I mean, (laughs) I don't like. I definitely wasn't expecting the answer to be correct, but like, I didn't think it would be that. What it was. I am, I'm, I might rewatch the episode because I'm so dumbfounded. I'm going like, to go watch it too. But yeah, I would say my number one problem beyond dominance theory, because that's just obvious, was the flooding. Yeah. So flooding, Lily can probably uh, define it better than I can, but it's basically putting your dog in a situation that makes it upset until they get so upset that they either shut down or get over it, I guess. That's not what happens, but... <laughs> But it's basically forcing them into a situation they don't like. And it gives you the illusion of solving the problem because eventually, after continued amount of time around something they don't like, they're either going to shut down or... right? Is What else do they do? Define it. Just define it for me. I mean, I can't define it any better than that. But I can give an example. Uh, like, 
I think about this all the time. When I uh, was a teenager, we adopted this dog who was really fearful um, on accident. It was a long story. Um, but <laughs> but uh, You adopted it on accident? Yeah. My, my mom's coworker okay. um, was like, can you house my dog while we change homes? And then just never took the dog back. Um, oh, got it. Got so it. we accidentally adopted this dog. She was really fearful. And <laughs> I felt so bad for her because she would freak out if we held anything in our hands. And so I would hold things and corner her and pet her. And I thought <laughs> that that made her feel better because she well, so, so does Susan. because she stopped, yeah. you know, growling and being upset. Um, but like, but I when I think back on that, I'm like, man, I just taught that dog that there's nothing she can do to get away from me. That's all, you know. So it's not like I didn't make Daisy feel good about the fact that I was holding shit near her. She just was like, well, there's there's no use in reacting to this at all because it doesn't work. So that's like what flooding is, you know. Yeah. Uh, or the Yorkie holding your hand there while he bites you until yes. he gives up. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, literally, that's how they solve every problem is just flooding. Yep. Oh, your dog's dog aggressive? Let me bring it to the psychology center and throw it into a pack of dogs. Yep. <laughs> and then alpha roll it if it dares to to react. Yeah. Like, I... Or strangle it with a slip lead. <laughs> also. Uh, <laughs> I just cannot imagine... And they are obviously not learning anything at all. Right. That's what I mean uh, about earlier talking about like the long term success is like, I find it very hard to believe that you're getting any long term success from those methods. Yeah. Because again, you're not changing their, their feelings. You're just making them shut down. Yeah. Best case scenario, you're, you're teaching them that they should shut down every time. So you get the illusion, but like, exactly. Even that's not going to last forever. Eventually, there's going to be some fallout. And in that same episode where um, he sent that that one dog to the person that he works with, who, like, she has, I don't know what she does. She has some big rehab center, I think. And she was talking about how she worked with this dog, and she used all of the correct verbiage and I almost wasn't even mad at her like she was like and so you know I just waited for the dog to give up um and and once the dog gave up and blah 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 and I'm like okay well at least you're telling us what's happening like because I I just don't like the illusion that like now this dog isn't afraid of dogs anymore like I don't like that (laughs) you know um but I mean if she's gonna talk about it that way then fine whatever but that's usually it's like presented as like look we fixed it your dog is better now and that's not that's not what happened absolutely (laughs) and then my last bullet point is just like my my biggest issue well i i wrote my biggest issue but then i wrote two things so i guess i have two biggest issues uh so one of my biggest issues (laughs) not dominance theory no because there there are lots of dog trainers out there like that right but like his first of all his education is from dogs, and he'll tell you that. Like, he won't pretend that he got education anywhere else or mentored under anybody. He was really intuitive working with dogs as a kid and got this reputation and, like, grew up and thinks that he knows dog behavior now, which, like, he knows how to get the results he's looking for, but he doesn't know why. Like, we've already touched on that. He doesn't know what's going on. And so that's one of my issues is that, like, He's not educating himself and he thinks that he's above that because he's learning from dogs. Um, my second biggest, well, actually, this is probably the biggest issue, is that he's mass producing this, these really harmful ideas and methods. And like 
all of the episodes say, don't try this at home, <laughs> but like, but the theory behind what he does is almost more harmful than what he does because it's where people get into dominance battles with their dogs. Like the amount of clients that I've had who have said like, oh, it took me a while to teach him that I'm the alpha, but you know, now we did it. And it's not because this person just needed to be alpha. It's because they thought that's what they needed to do because like this is the mainstream idea. Like they thought they needed to be alpha over their dog and now their relationship is like, no bueno. And so I think that that's what makes me the angriest is like not necessarily that he's out there doing this stuff because lots of people are, but like that it's mass produced and like highly consumable and that he doesn't like presumably know or care who gets hurt by it. Uh, Yeah, I agree with the second part. I definitely don't agree with the first part because I don't feel like education and certification is the only way to do dog training. Uh, certainly not the way I do dog but training. But you did, you mentored under Dan, you didn't learn from dogs. You learned from yeah, trainers. I, he didn't mentor, but I did. A large part of mine is from dogs. Like, I worked with other trainers and I learned a lot from them, but like, a huge majority of my education is just working in rescue. And just being forced to figure shit out. Like, <laughs> like you're taking a shelter management uh, course. You're, you know, like. Yeah, no, I do. I still do education and I still need to get my shit together. But I think like, but, but I, I just don't <laughs> like that you're comparing that to, to him because that's not what you're doing. Like you're not an uneducated person. You're just like, you're maybe not educated in the same way that someone is who's trying to get certified, like with all the lingo or whatever. But it's not like you're just like trying to figure yeah. out yourself either, you know. Yeah, that's true. I guess I never thought about him not working with other trainers. I mean, he teaches other trainers like crazy now. I So many Instagram trainers have worked with him. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Does he have some sort of school I don't know about? Because they've all, they've all worked there. I think he has interns now or something. Um, most people that like you see on Instagram doing pack walks, they mm. learned from Caesar. That's how they do pack walks. But yeah, I mean, the education thing I'm not as on board with. I am, I didn't think about him not mentoring with people. That is interesting. I never thought about his education. I'll have to look that up. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't have it, but. <laughs> <laughs> he has an honorary degree from somewhere, I think. <laughs> Does he? I forget where. Just the level of fame is what blows my mind about him the most. Yeah. You're famous for being a dog trainer, but you're not certified which i don't think is that important but like you're not certified you're applying methods that have been debunked like <laughs> how are you so famous for this thing that you're not good at or right. like not accurate <laughs> like that is uh, the good and the bad of caesar milan we'll take a break here when we get back we are going to talk about the language of doggos Final margarita check. Uh, neither of us have drank any of our margaritas since the last time we did a margarita check. <laughs> They're fucking so, disgusting. Um, Don't ever make one. I'm not even going to post the recipes for this trash. <laughs> <laughs> I probably still will, but just know they're so terrible. Maybe I'll I'll post the recipes and put like barf emojis all over it. Mine was yummy. I mean, you like the soda, right? The squirt soda. It, it made her sick, but it was so great. <laughs> it was yummy. I mean, I think that, that that happens if you don't drink soda and then one day you drink a soda. You know, I think Does your tummy's it? just going to hurt. Because it's like carbonated and sugary and all that stuff. Huh. 
Uh, okay, so that's actually really convenient because we've been talking for a really long time, so we don't need to talk about it, margaritas. So, so yeah. we're gonna get into the language of doggos. So, um, there were there were a couple of reasons that I wanted to talk about this. The first was your dog doesn't understand the words that you think it does. But then the second reason I wanted to talk about it is because your dog is capable of understanding more than you think. So like that's kind of uh, opposite of each other. But like, so a lot of times people will ask me like, so I say no, and that doesn't work. Like, what should I say instead? (laughs) And so like to that, I just need you to know that your dog is not programmed with any sort of words and what they mean. So your dog only understands no if you teach it what no means. Like, it's not like your dog has a different word that's going to work better. Or like, you know, if your dog is countersurfing, people will be like, I say off and he doesn't get off. I'm like, well, did you teach him to get off to the word off? (laughs) Because like, otherwise, I don't know why you think that's going to work. So that's kind of the first thing that I want to talk about is just that they don't come pre-programmed to understand language, but you can get them to understand a lot more than you think you can as well. Like dogs actually have, uh, I, I forget what it, what it is, um, the receptive language of like an, a two-year-old maybe or something. So like they can learn up to, I, I should have written this down. They can learn up to like, you know, so many words. So like they can like learn what things are, but you do have to teach them. They don't just know. I think the like smartest border collie in the world or something knew like 190 words or something. It was well over 100. Yeah. And they're doing all sorts of research right now, not just with dogs, um, with lots of different animals about like, the you know, those button boards. Like, oh my God, they're everywhere. <laughs> They are. And well, and if you see just a lay person with a button board, don't don't trust it. But like but but actual research is being done to be to like see what dogs are capable of expressing. So like we know what they're capable of receiving, like what their receptive um, language is, like how many words they can understand. But they're not sure like whether dogs can express themselves in that way or animals can express themselves in that way. So they're researching it. And I think it's absolutely fucking fascinating. Um, They have not been researching it long enough that we have anything to report to you, but like, but it is super fascinating. Like I'm interested to see like how that changes pet ownership over the next, you know, decades or whatever. Well, and the button boards are kind of cool. Like they're annoying because they're everywhere and it's like, okay. But I saw one the other day. It was. I think it was the same people, and they're just normal people with a button board, so maybe it's bullshit. I don't know. But there were two dogs, and one of them was whining, and so the other one went over to the button board and hit the other dog's name and potty. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. Cute! <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And then the other one, which was a little bit more unbelievable... Um, was the dad was standing there talking to the mom and said something like, we're going to be gone for a few hours. We'll take you potty when you go, when you come back, when we come back. And she hit the button board and said no. <laughs> and so he took her out and she peed right away and then came back inside and went to bed. And it was like, what, dude? Like, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, a... Which, like I said, maybe it's bullshit because it's just normal people with button boards. But like, I don't... Still, right. Like, I, I feel crazy. pretty... 
pretty skeptical about it, even for people who are part of the research. Like there's one dog who's on, I mean, any social media that you have, you can find her. It's What About Bunny? And um, Oh, yeah, I saw that one. And she, like some of the things that she says are really interesting. Like she'll ask if if one of the humans isn't home, she'll ask like, when are they coming back? I forget what words, like when dad home yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and they're like figuring out whether she has any concept of time right now. So they gave her like a tomorrow button and a yesterday button and an evening and a morning or something. But one of the things that I thought was so interesting was she was uh, pushing the same buttons. She was doing sound walk, sound walk. And her mom was like, I don't know what that means. And so she talked to the research crew that she's working with. And they were like, I wonder if she wants to have a conversation with you. So like, she doesn't have a button for talk. She has sound walk. So it's like going on a walk with sound. <laughs> it's just like an interesting, an yeah, interesting thing. And, and who knows? Like, who knows if that's correct? But they're just speculating yeah. about what she was trying to say. But there was there's another dog named Stella who I don't think she's part of any formal research, but her mom is like doing her own research and is like a smart person. I don't know, a doctor or something. <laughs> um, and she her her uh, button for the word beach broke. So she couldn't ask to go to the beach. And so she started pushing water outside, water outside instead of beach. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to do an episode. might even be the next episode. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> about just like verbal cues and kind of, I mean, kind of the language of dogs, right? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I talk about that with almost every single client. Because most people, I mean, like Lily said, you say off when they're on the counter, but they don't actually know what that means. You say down when they're on the counter, but to them, down means lay down. So right. what are you what are you talking about? <laughs> um, stuff like that. Most people have like five different words for one command or for one action, rather, and they don't even realize it. I mean, I'll go to people's houses and I'll be like, all right, what do you say as like a release cue? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Um, and then as we're working, it's like, oh, well, sometimes you say this and sometimes you say that and blah, blah. And I'm like, so why would they have any fucking clue what any of those mean? Because they all mean the same fucking thing, but you're using different words. Right. You see it for stay a lot. Some people interchange stay and wait. Yep. Um, and obviously, again, dogs aren't stupid. So, like, they figure it out. But, like, you're being super unclear. Right. <laughs> and they don't, th- I mean, they figure it out, but they don't truly know what that word means, obviously. Recall is a big one that I see it with because sometimes you use their name, sometimes you use come, sometimes you use their nickname, like all this different stuff. And it's like, uh, gee, I, I can't imagine why they don't come. Like, <laughs> you you say different shit every fucking time. So I, I don't know. And you don't reward them at all. But OK. And, you know, what's something that I have not thought about, but it came up recently and I was like, I should really talk about this more. But like I have a recall word that I teach to all the puppies so that they have a recall when they go home. And like a few weeks ago, Scott used the word and they didn't come, but he he said it not excitedly. So I go like, come here. And he's like, come here. And like that to them, those are different words. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like it's just yeah. um, it's so much more nuanced than we yeah. think about it. I can't remember who it was, but one of my clients, I don't remember the specifics, but it was something like that where it was like, 
if we just said his name, he wouldn't come. But if we got a little high pitched, they would come immediately every single time. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shit. All right. Which, I mean, makes sense because the more high pitched, the more positive in their minds, obviously. But, like, also during a training session, you're trying to be happy. And so, like, that's what they learn to come to is you going, hey, Bruno, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and two, like, how often does the normal person call their dog and then not do anything when they get there? Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. like, yeah, you did you did what you were supposed to. And it's like, yeah, you don't ever pay him for doing it. So yeah. why would... And I don't necessarily mean treats. And Most of the time when I'm doing recall... Even if you're recall, just like, yay! Like, yeah, that's exactly. something. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, usually you're like, all right, Leisha, we're leaving the dog park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, gee, can't possibly figure out why they never come. And, I mean, I we talk about it all the time. Like, Charlie's sit is soda pop. For no fucking reason. <laughs> Just to prove the point that, like, it doesn't matter. Whatever you teach them that word means is what they think that word means. Yeah. Your stay could be Guadalajara. I wouldn't recommend that many syllables, but have a good time. <laughs> like, So, I mean, the language of it is really crazy, and it's something that I feel like the average owner doesn't even consider. Yep. Because, I mean, half the clients that I have will be like, all right, what do you use for stay? Oh, I don't know. What do you use for recall? I don't know. So I mean, sometimes we use your name. Sometimes we just say come. I'm like, then why would she know what you're asking? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you, she doesn't speak English. I, I can't state that enough. <laughs> yeah, I hate to break uh, that one to so many people, but. You'd be surprised, like, how many people don't know. <laughs> I think I I think I already told the epi- the story on one of the earlier episodes, but there... I know exactly what story it is, <laughs> and it bears repeating. Yeah. <laughs> so, when I used to work at a shelter, um, we had a guy and his... It was an adult guy, and his elderly mom came in to adopt a small dog, I think. Um, and not joking at all, like stone faced, serious, made some comment about how, uh, dogs learn English when they turn two. (laughs) Uh, And like, I legitimately thought he was, he was not joking. He was dead serious. When dogs turn two, they learn English. Now you know. I just like now at the time I was just like, okay, I'm going to go. But now I just have so many questions that I want to ask. (laughs) Like, is this, is this based on your experience or like, did you learn this somewhere? I need to know. That's well, and that's how it came up was he was talking about one of his previous dogs. It's like, yeah, you know, dogs learn English when they're, when they turn two. Okay. okay. (laughs) Have a good time. (laughs) I wonder if his dog just like, finished up adolescence and then suddenly started listening to his cues absolutely (laughs) i'm so sleepy and i want to go to bed yes please okay so there's that um that's that's my transition (laughs) have a good night (laughs) i think that about wraps it up our 28th episode is ready to be let out of the kennel you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Miss Lily's Dogs or on my website, MissLilysDogs.com or my online training platform, Patreon.com slash Miss Lily's Dogs. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at ProperPuppersLV and my website, ProperPuppersLV.com. 
we don't know what we're doing next, so we'll just see you next time <laughs> on the Doggeritaville podcast. Thanks for listening to Doggeritaville. Send us an email at doggeritaville at gmail.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at doggeritaville. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to see covered. Or if there are any margaritas you want us to try. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time, give your dog a treat from us. <laughs>